football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode. <laughs> the stream i'm jj zacharyson the late round quarterback and as always i am joined by my lovely co-host denny carter denny what's going on buddy i, I didn't know i was uh, co-hosting with a muppet today I didn't, I didn't know that either i didn't it literally just came out whenever i hit play it, it really you you are it's almost like you're you're overtaken by the spirit of lts when you yeah I don't when know, you, man. When you hit play, you know. Part part of the record. problem, part, I guess it's hit record technically. Part of the problem <laughs> is, <laughs> I mean, I, I said play first, so it was my fault. Part of the problem though is that I have so much pressure now to have a different voice when I when yeah, I open yeah, the show. Do, yeah. I need to get like a whiteboard and just have like a list of voices to do that I can cross off every week, and so I know that I'm not repeating voices, etc., uh, etc. Et but anyway, Denny, how uh, how's everything going? Everything's everything's perfect. Um, nothing is concerning me about the COVID ripping through the entire NFL. Um, I think everything will will work out. No, I mean it, this is a shaping up to be a, a complete disaster of a, of a week fifteen, of course. Yeah, it is. It is. I uh, I totally agree. I cannot ha- I cannot afford. And someone's going to be listening to this when this inevitably happens. But I cannot afford Cooper Cup to to get COVID. And, and look. Uh, first off, anytime we ever like tweet about like health related things, whether it's an injury, whether it's about COVID or something, we always get a response that's like, well, don't you care about the player's health? No one cares about fantasy football right now. It should be a given that we yeah. care about the health of these players first and foremost, but we're just analyzing fantasy football because that's just what we do for a living. It's our job. It's our job. So that's, that's kind of what we, and, and yes, I, I would hope that people would, would know that we, we care about players, uh, both short-term yeah. and long-term health in these situations. But, you know, <clears throat> despite all that seriousness, the, the thing that we, we have to get to and, and we have to analyze, uh, is this new Netflix Sean oh. Payton movie that oh just re- released a trailer today. And I, I, I have no words. None. Do you, like okay. So for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a story about Sean Payton uh, after he gets suspended from Bounty Gate. Like this is he gets suspended from Bounty Gate, and right. and and it's not like a story of perseverance or something where he like becomes an alcoholic and like like you know <laughs> some like drama or something like you know like where no. he like has all these how how he has all these regrets after doing something so bad. It's a comedy about him helping his son's football team. Is that is that what's going on here? Uh, I I believe that's that's the crux of the movie, and and uh, I don't know if they ever tackle the issue that coaches on the Saints on his Saints uh, were paying players to uh, injure the brains of, of their opponents. That's that's yeah. something I'm not I'm not sure that comes up in this one. I pulled this from Wikipedia today because I wanted to read this so that everyone's on the same page about Bounty Gate. And about everything that went on there, and the fact that a movie, a comedy, is being created about what spawned from this horrific, terrible, stupid thing. All right, let me let me read this. Okay. Okay. On March second, twenty twelve, the NFL concluded after thorough investigation that from two thousand nine to two thousand eleven, the Saints implemented a bounty program that rewarded players for deliberately attempting to knock opposing players out of games. The slush fund was determined to be administered administered by defensive coordinator Greg Williams, two G's. You can never trust a Greg with two G's, who joined the team in 2009. An extensive league investigation found that Peyton, this is Sean Peyton, was implicated in the bounty scandal. The league determined Peyton went as far as to orchestrate a cover-up when the league first investigated it in the 2009-2010 offseason. When, it, when informed that the league was investigating reports of a bounty program, Peyton met with Williams and assistant head coach Joe Vitt and told them, let's make sure our ducks are in a row. And what is the result of that? A Netflix movie. With Kevin James. With Kevin playing. James playing. Kevin James is well, playing Sean Payton. Which which I, I feel like it's not fair to Sean Payton. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
Kevin James. I don't know. I mean, Kevin James is a, is a large dude. I don't know if she, if Sean Payton does he I, look like that. I don't know. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. I mean, I, nothing is. Kevin James is fine. It's just that he doesn't look anything like Sean Payton. I, yeah. I, I I never viewed Sean Payton as a as a dad bod guy. No, well, he he goes back and forth. I think he got he's, into, he's, he's got he, some frump to him. Yeah, he's got some yeah, frump. He got into crazy shape at one point, and then he tore his ACL on the sideline, and then he couldn't exercise, I guess, anymore for a while. Anyway, well, let, let's break down this trailer. This trailer starts with Sean Payton sitting at his desk, and his assistant, his clueless assistant, comes into the yeah, room. Yeah, clueless says, blonde assistant. Yeah, says uh, uh, Roger Goodell, but she can't pronounce his name. Roger Goodell's on line one. And he's good. He goes the the commissioner. So Sean Sean Payton is absolutely flummoxed that the commissioner of the NFL would be calling him, which is which cannot be real. That can of course he knows. Of course he's talked to to Roger Goodell many yeah, times. Right. Like right. that he's he's a head coach in the league, right? And so that that makes no sense. That that doesn't pass the smell test at all. Uh, and then it just gets it gets weirder and worse from there. Yeah, and then he like goes to his son's game or something and he's like helping uh he ends up helping coach or something like that and i i watched the trailer once and i watched it passively for for the record because it's impossible to watch that thing and be enamored i I watched it actively i watched it oh i can't oh you 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 had to hate your life for three minutes i know i listen there was a part at the end where um who what's that guy's name rob schneider rob schneider rob schneider's in it He's in it and he's playing Rob Schneider and he um, he gives uh, some sort of um, like high protein, like protein bars to the team. Right. To, to Peyton's Little League uh, football team and the kids eat it and then they start uh, uh, spewing vomit all over their opponents. Yes, I saw the, I saw that part. I, I missed the, the I missed trailer. I missed what re, how that how that came to be. But not so okay. we so we're going to get hijinks in the movie about the fallout of the program that Sean Payton tried to cover up that was based on uh quote killing the head of of Saints opponents for years by the way. Yeah, it, it's it's a con- and like the way that the preview uh is is set up. I mean, it's a clear clear like uh, uh straight to DVD type movie, right? Oh god. Yeah. Just just clearly straight to to DVD. I I, I mean, it what what are they what are they thinking? Like, this is one of the darker chapters in recent NFL history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and for them to say, we're going to make this a fun Kevin James vehicle on Netflix is just is just baffling. Like, look up what Greg Williams told players about uh, a kill the head and the body will die. Right. That, that's 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 what he said. And um, Frank Gore was a victim of this program of, of this bounty. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's baffling on every level. Yeah, and and not only that, but again, like instead of making this a like like I could even understand this more if Sean Payton or someone that was part of the bounty program went into this like deep depression yes. and like had to work themselves out and like it was sort of like a redemption story because they they felt remorse over what they did. I could understand that plot line and that as a movie more than this. Because this is this is just completely overshadowing the fact that they tried to literally hurt people on a football field. I still can't get over the fact that the movie opens with Sean Payton just shocked that the <laughs> the commissioner of the NFL would be calling him. Why would he want to talk to me, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints? So so two things about the trailer too. So again, I watched it passively, which is why I didn't even realize that Rob Schneider was in it. But the I, I quote tweeted it the 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 trailer the tweet from Netflix, I quote tweeted it and I was like I had I wanted to come up with a clever response to this but I the only thing I could say is why like why why is this happening and so I got responses one of them uh, said that one of the most tilting things that they had heard was uh, the kid in the movie said that they lost zero to forty. Like instead yeah. of saying four, instead of saying forty to zero, he was just that? so beyond. Like no one, no one says zero first. No one says the losing score first ever. You know what that means? That means that nobody on set is familiar with football. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why they're making this movie. We just figured yes. it out. Yeah. No, nobody on that set, including Kevin James, has ever watched a football game. Has ever talked about football. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, 
this is this is a disaster. Uh, you know, not, not even football. Nobody on that set has ever participated or watched or been involved with sports because <laughs> in no sport do you say we lost zero to forty. Right, no right. Sport. None. You None. you don't you don't say that in 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 weird countries overseas. You don't say that in Canada. You don't say that anywhere. Right. Yeah. You don't say. You, don't. you definitely don't say it in the U.S. I know that for a fact. So. Yeah. You you do not put the lower score first. And then the the, the best response was, and I retweeted it. Uh, it said, uh, is this a movie about Sean Payton and his son, Taysom Hill? I mean, they, they should, they should make a, a Netflix special on Taysom Hill's package for real. I, uh, I, I, I said that I think that in 15 years, Netflix better come out with a movie about urban Myers, 2021 season and have Kevin James play him. Now Just have can... Kevin James, Kevin James will play every, every, uh, coach who has gone through some sort of issue uh w- with his franchise and with the nfl kevin james will play that coach 15 years down the line until he is gone and off this earth he will be playing those coaches and then someone asked me who's gonna play carlos hyde in that case and i said well taylor lautner clearly <laughs> that, you know, you know that, i don't know if that works it's a dy- dynamic duo because uh, he's also he's also in this in this movie oh right 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 and this is the guy from friday night lights who Taylor Lautner. He's no. from he's from he's from Twilight. Oh, he's the werewolf. Yeah, isn't he from Twilight? Yeah, I'm sorry. I yes, yes. Oh, I you're thinking was... you're thinking Coach Taylor. You're thinking of like the, no, but maybe? I was thinking of the 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 uh, the alcoholic kid on Friday Night Lights. Oh, Riggins. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember what his actual name. What Riggins' yeah. actual name was. He's just like no. a random. Ki- he's like a random Canadian actor. Yeah, and and by the way, my wife's uh, future ex husband. By the way. Oh uh, yeah, for yeah. yeah I mean, he, my, 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 my my future ex-husband, honestly. <laughs> Let's be real. All right, Denny, uh before we get into the streamers and what happened last week, uh why don't you let everyone know where uh what's been going on over at the edge? Yes, nbcsportsedge.com. We are uh many are calling us an essential service this week as we track all things COVID for all the teams with COVID outbreaks. Um, we have up to the, up to the second, up to the millisecond, I dare say news on that. So, uh, keep your, uh, you know, keep a lookout for that. And then my kicker column week 15 kicker column is on the site. And later this week, my target decoder column will be on NBC sports edge.com. Let's uh, look at what happened last week. I would say we liked, uh, the streamers a good bit, uh, maybe aside from tight end cause tight end is just really rough right now, Yeah. but it was a pretty good week overall. I'd say, uh, green Bay scored 13 fantasy points. Uh, they were one of our favorite streamers. Tennessee scored 21 Carolina was, was a disappointment. Uh, they only had two fantasy points. Seattle had six. They were fine enough at quarterback. We had cam, uh, Newton who, uh, I mean, What's going on with the Panthers, man? I, I, that, I thought that, that game was shaping up for a 35-point cam outburst. Yeah. It, uh, my gosh, the, 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 the Panthers are a borderline embarrassment now. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not borderline. I mean, they're, they're, they're a bottom three franchise at this point. Yeah. I mean, Matt Rule is a clear, like, fake sharp, right? Like, he's, oh. just, he's just not, not there. I, it sucks because I've said, I said this a million times in the show. I live in Charlotte. I, I don't mind the Panthers at all. It's fun to like have like a local team, especially because like the fandom here isn't so like rabid. It's it's kind of nice. And and Tepper, their owner, is a Pittsburgh guy, That's right? right. Bill, billionaire Pittsburgh guy. And so I I have every reason. And not only that, but they drafted DJ Moore. Let's forget about Terrace Marshall. But they <laughs> they 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 have a fun enough team, and like you know I have like some reason to root for them, and. It's just it's just rough. Them firing Joe Brady was just a really really uh, telling thing, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you know, I I've talked a lot on the uh, good on a good football show about how I'm disappointed that the Panthers labeled themselves, branded themselves as the analytics franchise, and then proceeded to fail miserably over the last two seasons. But you knew that they weren't really an analytics run, analytics based franchise when they signed Christian McCaffrey to a monster deal. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, it's true. That. Yeah. that was that was. Uh, Taylor Heineke was also a streamer. He got a little bit banged up. He only scored eight fantasy points, but two other ones. One of them I'm very proud of. All right, one of them is Taysom Hill. He he came through at the end with some rushing touchdowns. He had 26 fantasy points. Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. scores 24.8 fantasy points against Minnesota, which was looking kind of rough to start the game. And it, it, honestly, the Steelers suck. 
right? But it has not been on Ben Roethlisberger. No. It really has not been on – even in that game against Minnesota, uh, the offensive line was just beyond atrocious. And, and then, obviously, uh, you know, you have the, all the Chase Claypool stuff that happened, which was what was hilarious. One of the, the best – what is it? The fantasy Gazette? Is that who it is yes, on, on Twitter? Yes. Uh-huh. They made that one image because everyone was losing their GD mind yeah. over Chase Claypool and his like, you know, signaling for a first down with like 35 seconds left. Everyone was losing their mind. And uh, the fantasy Gazette on Twitter, they made an image of a picture of Chase Claypool. You know how like, you know, uh, different sites and stuff will just put a the the player picture of a, of a guy and then they'll have like a quote. And then it'll say like what the quote is about. And it said something, you know, Chase Claypool's quote was something along the lines of like, I got to be better or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it said, and then underneath the caption was like, Chase Claypool on giving up over 200 yards to Dalvin Cook That's, on the ground. Yeah. Which yeah. is just so perfect. It's just, it's just so perfect that Claypool's the easy go-to. And it was fun to make fun of it. Don't get me wrong. But like to think that it was on him is just, is just crazy. I don't, I don't get that at all. I mean, Dalvin Cook had, uh, like four runs in the first half where no one touched him for 25 yards. <laughs> yeah. Dalvin cook was, was running through holes that were four times the size of my front door. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and my front door, I have a massive front door. Folks. Thanks to the patrons. Thanks to the patrons. So just saying, all right, tight end. We had Gerald Everett as the only really viable one this past week. Cause he found the end zone. He had 10.8 I'm telling you guys to, uh, hopefully you don't need a tight end streamer this week. Foster Moreau, 4.3. <laughs> Tyler Conklin, Conk Daddy had four. James O'Shaughnessy had 6.1. RSJ, who uh, ran fewer routes than Bates did uh, in that game. He had 1.8. And then, you know, one guy did come through, and now he's on the COVID list, but Austin Hooper. Austin, yeah. don't call me Pooper Hooper. <laughs> he had he had 14 fantasy points. So, I... I mean, Hooper at least was good, and and Everett found the end zone. You know, it, was a, it was a rough week for tight ends. Hooper going for thirty yards and a touchdown is legit a, a spike week for Austin Hooper. Oh yeah, Austin Hooper is just. <laughs> remember when he had that one season with with Matt Ryan where he was just yeah. dominant? Yeah. Oh, uh, he he is super washed. Oof. Yeah, yeah, he he's definitely washed. Now now he's not going to play this week probably. Uh, all right, let's move on to this week. Uh, the quarterbacks. I kind of like the quarterbacks this week. I don't mind all four of them. I yeah. think they're decent options. I'll kick things off with who I think is the top option this week. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm going to go with? You're going to go. No, I don't. Who? <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go Justin Fields. Fields. I think Fields. Yes. I think I think Fields is the top option this week. If you look at this, his first five starts where he was not good, he averaged 4.6 rush attempts per game and 21 rushing yards per game. Okay. Over his last three completed games, because he got hurt against Baltimore. He's averaged nine rush attempts and 74 rushing yards per game. 74 rushing yards is basically two passing touchdowns. That's pretty and good. And that doesn't even count what he can do on the ground from a pa- from a rushing touchdown standpoint. He's uh, scored 18-plus in those three games, 18-plus fantasy points. Now he gets Minnesota, a top-five opponent in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Sign me up. I think Justin Fields is a very, very good play this week. Absolutely. I have Tua, whose last name shall go unmentioned. <laughs> Uh, against the Jets. I, I really do need to learn how to say that. Tongue of Iloa. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, let's do that live now. Uh, so so guide me through it. Yeah. It, it's Tua. Uh, say like tongue. Tongue. tongue like, like tongue. Yeah. Tongue. Gavai. Gavai. Loa. Tongue of Iloa. Tongue of Iloa. Okay. Tongue of Iloa. There we go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You got it. Tua. T- ah, shoot. Tua Tongue of Iloa. <laughs> <laughs> at home against the jets that's the last time i do that uh dolphins are a heavy favorite with a 25 and a half point total seventh highest on the week jets are really really bad on defense jets are giving up the highest epa per drop back by far since week nine the jets are technically a run funnel but it might not matter a whole lot against a miami offense with the league's fifth highest neutral pass rate so you're rolling out to a yeah uh the other guy uh who's really screwed me up last name standpoint is godwin ikwe buke he's been he's been did that sound good enough when i said that that sounded good good okay if that sounded fine and i I, you just have to be confident when you do do. that's all that's all it really comes down to unless it's like a you know favre versus Favre or something where it's like obvious (laughs) but if it's like a long last name that's tough just be confident you'll be fine uh all right other streamer i like a good bit this week jimmy garoppolo Against the Atlanta Falcons. 
Denny, if I were to tell you that Jimmy G has scored 15 plus fantasy points in six of his last seven games, would you believe me? I wouldn't. Well, he has. Oh my God. Get owned. The 49ers <laughs> have an implied team total this week, north of 27 points against the Falcons. And the Falcons are first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks this year. All of that makes a lot of sense to play Jimmy Garoppolo. The Falcons have a league low 17% pressure rate. So Jimmy G should have plenty of clean pockets from which to operate. Um, I have Ben Roethlisberger against the Titans. So the, the Steelers have a 19.75 total here. They're two point, uh, they're two point underdogs against the Titans. I'm not really sure what's up with that total. Honestly, I, I feel like it's, it's a little, a little bit low. My, my, yeah. My guess, my guess is that the, I don't know, actually, it, it does seem a little bit low. Yeah. yeah. So the Titans are the uh, eighth best schedule adjusted quarterback matchup per JJ's numbers. Uh, Pittsburgh is one of four teams with a pass rate over 70% when trailing this season. So if you think the Steelers will be playing from behind, which makes some sense here, uh, then you could, we could see a lot of passing from Roethlisberger. Uh, the Titans have given up more than 20 fantasy points to seven of the past uh, eight QBs, not named Trevor Lawrence, who kind of barely qualifies at this point. Uh, I, I should say that about the volume thing, like, we don't always go for volume. Like that's not the goal, but with a guy like Roethlisberger and the way that he produces fantasy points, yeah. uh, he's going to, he would need that in order to, you know, be a QB two type streamer. Let's move on to defenses. Uh, I'll kick things off. Philadelphia. This is a process play. They're five point favorites. That's actually uh, down or up, whichever way you want to look at it uh, from four where it opened over on FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Taylor Heineke is a little bit banged up as well. They're at home. The process, the process, the process. That's right. Um, I have the Bengals at Denver this week. So uh, this this basically uh, only makes sense if you think the Bengals will win this one. Uh, the In four of six losses, Denver has allowed at least eight fantasy points to defenses. And it really all comes down to Teddy B. Water. Uh, in Denver wins, he's completing 72% of his passes. That drops all the way down to 62% in losses. Uh, his yards per attempt plummet in losses and all seven interceptions from B water have come in those losses. So uh, you could do worse than Cincinnati. I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to briefly just talk about the Houston and Jacksonville game. Uh, okay. If you, if you look at the over under in that, cause cause you could realistically play either defense. Um, Jacksonville is first uh, as an opponent in adjust fantasy points allowed. Houston is sixth. So both of them are very good opponents for their defenses. The over-under in this game is 39.5. Jacksonville, I would prefer Jacksonville as a defense over Houston because they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. They're at home. Uh, and uh, Jacksonville's front isn't that bad. I mean, I, I'm not like that uh, against going that direction, but I, I still think that I would go with like a Philadelphia or the last defense that you're going to talk about, maybe, uh, over a team like Jacksonville. Yes. Uh, by the way, Jacksonville put up 37 points last time. They played uh, the Texans, so I, I, I too would go with Jacksonville yeah. defense if I could. Um, Minnesota at Chicago Vikings are three-point favorites. You know, we just talked about Justin Fields being fantasy viable and all that, but he's still making uh, catastrophic decisions and mistakes, uh, including two interceptions last week against Green Bay, one that went back for a touchdown. Fields still has the highest interception rate in the league among quarterbacks who have played at least 30% of their team's snaps. So, uh, you know, he's, I think you can be confident in fields and also use the Vikings defense, but probably not in the same lineup. I, I should say that. Uh, let's move on to tight end now. Uh, why don't you actually kick things off with the tight ends? Because you have more than I do. Yes, I have 11. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with the least inspired one. Foster Moreau against Cleveland. The Browns are 15th in schedule adjusted fantasy points to tight ends this season. Uh, you know, Moreau's running a decent number of routes with Darren Waller sideline. And by the way, Waller didn't practice uh, um, as a or Tuesday, but I think Moreau didn't practice either. So you have to keep an eye on that. Um, but here's the thing. Moreau's only earning a target on 15% of his routes with, with Hunter Renfro dominating intermediate targets in the Vegas offense. Um, he only has seven targets in the two games with Waller sidelined. So like I said, not, not incredibly inspired. 
I'm going to go to – so first off, we were going to talk about Austin Hooper again, but Austin Hooper is uh, on the COVID list. So we're going to go to Gerald Everett. And I don't even like Gerald Everett that much this week. <laughs> I, I really don't. It's kind of tough to, like, love him. But it is a revenge game for Everett, Denny. It's a revenge game. Oh, we don't always we... get revenge games at tight end because we're talking about tight ends who, you know, have been in the league for six months and they play for one team and then they're gone. That's analytics, but, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Gerald Everett, revenge game. He only had a 7.1% target share this past week. And I will say his routes run kind of closed in on Will Disley a little bit more. He had 19 routes to Disley's 13. That's a little bit concerning, Mm -hmm. but he found the end zone. And we still do have a larger sample size since Russell Wilson's been back from injury of Gerald Everett being pretty heavily utilized in this offense. Uh, Tight end also sucks this week. So that's another reason why you can go Everett. Uh, But the Rams are also 10th in adjusted target share and fantasy points allowed to tight ends. So I, look, I, I again, the, the position is just really, really rough, but I think that he's viable because of that. Sure, sure. We, yeah. we, we, this is this is tough. These uh, tight ends are tough action. James O'Shaughnessy against Houston. He's run around on an incredibly nice 69% of Trevor Lawrence's dropbacks over the last two games. He somehow leads the Jaguars with a 19% target share of this game, which is just really bleak. I mean, wow. Um, Houston has allowed a a decent 22.3% target share to tight ends. That comes out to about seven tight end targets per game. And I, you know, I had to dig for this one, JJ, and, and, but I think the listeners will, will appreciate it or maybe not. We'll see. Um, O'Shaughnessy led the Jags last week. With 18.8 expected... No, I'm sorry. I messed that up. (laughs) Uh, O'Shaughnessy leads the Jaguars over the past two games with 18.8 expected receiving fantasy points. So he has that going for him, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, And then you have one more, don't you, that that you wanted to add last second? A little little add-on. And honestly, I might prefer this guy over Foster Moreau. I don't know. Josiah DeGuara who is an NFL player for the Packers. Um, he has emerged as the primary route running pass catching tight end in the post Robert Tanyan uh, Tanyan, I should say uh, green Bay offense. Uh, the matchup is great. We've talked about the Ravens all season. The Ravens are the seventh best schedule, just a tight end matchup. They allow the second highest tight end target share in the season. Uh, last week against the, who did the, Oh, they played the bears correct yes they play the bears um he he ran uh deguara ran 25 pass routes to mercedes lewis's 13 routes please ignore that lewis saw four targets to to deguara's three please do not do not look in that direction uh but also randall cobb being out for green bay is probably good for deguara um as a middle of the field option against the ravens so to recap we have josiah deguara James O'Shaughnessy, Foster Moreau, Austin Hooper, which is probably not going to go. Uh, Gerald Everett, uh, Houston or Jacksonville, probably Jacksonville. Minnesota, Cincinnati, Philadelphia. Ben Roethlisberger, Tua, Tungavailoa, Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Fields. <laughs> Let's get to the questions over on Twitter.com. The first one is from at Mana Dork. Let me get it all set up. At Mana Dork. My four and two-year-old sons are both potty trained. Good work. <laughs> That's great. He says, which is great. Yeah. Or she. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, however, I'm concerned with the rate that they clog the toilet. We're talking <laughs> we're, we're talking about a 400 batting average without TP. I don't know whether uh, to be horrified or proud at the size of their dumps. Is this just a kid thing? Yeah. Um, so kids go from like cute little poops when they're babies to one day you realize that they have elephant dumps. <laughs> and you're like what the hell happened where did this come from yeah well the other thing too with kids is that because avery's three now and she's at the prime age of you know doing everything herself but needing help uh wiping and all that or you know we she could technically do it but i don't want her walking around with some brown stuff on. oh her yeah no you gotta do it you gotta do it. it's incredible though how clean their butts are after they poop <laughs> I mean, just, 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 I mean, I have to have fiber for that to happen, but for them, man, it's just, it's just boom. They're done. Yeah. And it's gone. Yeah. And it's gone. Yeah. I'm jealous of, of that, of that, uh, GI situation. Anyway. Um, I, the, the, the proud part, you know, I, I don't, I, I think you can be horrified. I'm, I'm 
I've I was often when my kids were younger, I was often horrified by the size of their poops. <laughs> yeah, it is it is pretty pretty intense. It is intense. Uh next question at Ice Cold Fire One. Would you rather have out of control body hair or out of control body odor? <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to choose the air, the hair. You have to choose the hair. Like, right? Like, there's no, there. there it's the obvious choice here. You, you, because you can control that. If you have like some body odor situation that you can't control, you have no hope. Right. Because the only time that the body hair thing would actually be a big deal is, generally speaking, is uh, if you're like at a pool or something, right? Yeah, like, it, if you have to take your shirt off or like, like, but even then it's like, okay, it's just a really hairy dude, you know? Whereas the body odor thing is like, like, it's almost a personal attack. Like, like you're, you, you can't control your scent because you don't shower and you're yeah. this and that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, my fellow X-Files fans will, will know what I'm talking about. There's a, um, there's a scientist and uh, an FBI scientist on X-Files who has a crush on Scully. Uh, especially in the early seasons. And he has a body hair situation that I can't stop looking at. He has body hair bursting out of his shirt yeah. at, at all times. I mean, but like his buttoned up shirt all the way buttoned up and it's still oh, wow. coming out. And, and I'm just like, wait, dude, like you went on TV that you couldn't have like cut that back a little because you were going, I don't know, on Fox to be on X files <laughs> You know, nobody on set was like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Scientist guy, uh, here's a razor. Go take care of that because that that's that that cannot be on the show. But Look, no. devil's de devil's advocate here, Denny, devil's advocate. What if that's his thing? What if that's how he gets these gigs is because when when he goes into a, <laughs> a and, he, and he goes and tries out, what, what do you call it when a, a tryout or a, it, it, uh, you like know, thing <laughs> let's call Tom Everett Scott. And see what yeah, what, what uh, anyway, and audition. Audition, audition. I couldn't think of the word audition. Uh, and so when he goes, some people were screaming, audition, you idiots. <laughs> uh, so when he goes to the audition and he leaves, right, and they're all sitting together. I'm just picturing you know, three or four you know, higher ups of these companies that are sitting there. Oh, yeah, we like this person's this person. Yeah. Oh, what about the hairy guy? Yeah. What about okay. that? He's he's the hairy guy within Hollywood. And you know, so that's what's that's what's gotten him these gigs. I, I think that's the reason that he. Not only that, but here here's the other thing. If you have that much body hair, and like I have some, so I kind of understand. Not to that degree, obviously. I'm not like sitting there with like you know hair just popping out of my <laughs> my button up. But if you have that much body hair, what what are you gonna like like shave like a like a ring around your your neck? You know, like and just and have the rest like or, or you have to go all in if you do that. And if you go all in. You're asking for a lot of maintenance moving forward. Yeah, yeah, it, it does require maintenance, but I, I don't know. I mean, if I had chest like like Burt Reynolds' chest hair bursting forth, I would I would have to do, trim it back. Even if it even if I didn't do the whole deal, like I would have to trim it so that it didn't come out of my shirt. Yeah, okay, I get it. I have I have a, a patch right under my neck, and it's just like a circle, like a circle worth of hair <laughs> that that my wife has to has to shave because I oh, can't yeah, really reach it. Got to do that. Yeah, you got to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, next question. At Golden Graham 41, taking away the work aspect of it, how do you feel about games on Saturday and the fantasy impact it has? I don't like it. You don't like it? You don't like Saturday games? No, no. Because, I mean, Saturdays are nice to, to actually not be in front of a TV and, like, not care about what's on TV, but I have to That's care. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true but but i i kind of don't mind that it's like a particular time of year that we have saturday games because you you know that like like oh the fantasy playoffs are here like there's big implications yeah. for these games and like it's like a a different vibe to it i would agree though like I, my wife i i've talked to my wife about this like i i cannot get into college football like to, right. to this degree because that, and I, I don't want to for, for the same reason because Saturday is like the family day, right? Like it's during the during football season. It's my day off to just be yeah. with the family, not to worry about things. And, and it it needs to be that way. Yeah, I mean, my my wife would literally leave me if I got in super into college football. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know how people do both. I don't know how they do it. When I me neither. When, when I uh, uh, occasionally I'll turn on a college game on Saturday, and Melissa will be like, "What's this? What are you watching? Yeah. What is this?" And I'm like, "This is it's college." She's like, oh, you're watching college football now. Oh, that I, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Let's turn it on Lifetime. You know, let's, yeah, sorry. Right. 
Yeah, th- this season was a little bit rough because Pitt was good. I usually watch Pitt. Like, ju- like when they're bad, it's more like passively. But this season, I don't know if you heard, but they're the ACC champions. I did, uh, I did the, not the, hear the, that. The Thank Panthers. you for updating me. Yeah, they're the ACC champions. And so I watched the ACC champions throughout the season. Uh, and, I, you know, it was a similar response. It's like, oh, I, I thought that, you know, football was just for the NFL. I didn't know that it was going to be a college football thing to this degree because it was like a more passionate situation this year than it typically was typically has been but yeah. the people who are like watching all games all day and then they're watching games all day the next day with the i don't know how you do that i don't know how you do that yeah it is something next question at jay the wolf do you program the time and heat level when you microwave i only ever press popcorn or plus 30 seconds works great i i like to be super specific and weird about the number i punch in yeah like like minute seven like, like if I want to warm up my coffee, you have the same number that you put in every time. No, no, because it depends on depends on the temperature of the coffee. So if it's if it's like room temperature oh, yeah. coffee, I'll I'll put it in for like forty seven seconds. If it's if it's medium temperature coffee, I'll put it in for like twenty seven twenty six seconds. But it also depends on the amount of coffee, right? Correct. Yes. So, so if it's a full cup, it, it would have to be more. So, but I get, I get very a piece, a piece of pizza is twenty two seconds. Yeah. Right. So you, right. So you have a, a little mental list of how yes. long you do it. I, I think it's. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think it's kind of uh, psychopathic to to put and just press the popcorn <laughs> button. Like I can understanding pressing the popcorn button for popcorn, but if you're hitting the popcorn button for anything but popcorn, you have an issue. And the plus 30 seconds thing, the, the plus 30 seconds thing, I mean, just, just put, like, I can understand if you got to like press a minute or something and, but like the way this is phrased, the plus 30 second thing, it's like, like you get down to one second and then you're hitting it again. Cause you gotta, you gotta keep like, like keeping it going and letting it go. Cause not, not everything can be heated up in 30 seconds. Most things cannot be heated up in 30 seconds. When I, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> If you put a piece of pizza in there for thirty seconds, it would explode. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what kind of microwaves they have in Maryland, Denny. And, uh, very powerful ones, apparently. Um, yeah, apparently. My, so my wife has no concept of how long stuff goes in the microwave. Yeah. So I'm pretty. In, I'm pretty bad at it too. Clearly, she'll, she'll like <laughs> she'll like warm up the kids' pasta and put it yeah. in there for like two minutes and forty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> It basically, it basically could like burn through the ground if it fell <laughs> off the, the plate at that point. And I'm like, you cannot put stuff in the microwave for that long. The kids won't be able to eat this until tomorrow morning. Yeah, I mean, I I won't lie. So my general like eating habits and like how I eat lunch every day is I have some sort of protein from the night before, like whether it's like ground turkey or chicken or whatever. And then I, I've sent the tweet the tweets out and I talked about it where I just put avocado in it and I sort of mix it up, but I have to, I have to heat up the protein before I, I do all right, that. Right? right. And so I'll usually just throw it in and press the one minute thing. And you know, and it, it does depend entirely on how much of that protein yes. you have in there. Right. So if I, if I didn't have enough chicken, I know that it's ready because it blows up in the microwave. <laughs> like you can hear the actual pop happen. And that's when I'm like, oh, wow, I got I to gotta take this out right now. So maybe I'm the moron here, and there's way better methods for, for microwaving things. I, I say embrace the randomness. Just punch in random numbers. But also, don't be the per- if you work in an office, and, I, and I've worked in an office, don't be the person who acts like, like Jack freaking Bauer or something and leaves one second on the um on the microwave like don't don't punch it open at one second okay yeah it's not gonna blow up you you let that one second tick off get it back to zero it that's very impolite to to do that to the rest of your coworkers. yeah yeah and like like opening it up at one second and then looking at the rest of your coworkers in the kitchen being like oh that was a close one you You didn't something like that you yeah you, you didn't save the staples center or something you know yeah yeah next question at brad underscore 5 a.m it says, how do you guys feel about rooting for another team for the playoffs that's not your team? I'm a Giants fan, so my season is done. Still watch and root for them, but I like to root for another team to win the Super Bowl. Packers this year, because I think it would be fun for them to be in the Super Bowl. Sure, sure, why not? <laughs> I like, I, I, don't have, I, I don't have a strong, a, a strong stance or feeling towards this. I, I, the way that I view fandom at this point is do what makes you happy. Yeah, period. yeah. The, 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 the last happy. team that I like was rooting for 
uh pretty hard like i, f- I felt like a like a connection to was the um was the Marshawn Lynch Seahawks when they beat the Saints in oh, the yeah. um, okay. in, in the Beast Quake year, and then and then they got to the second round. I think they lost, but I I I've, I felt pretty passionate about that team. But yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, so I, I will say this. Okay, this this truly happened. So as you guys know, I've gone through quite a journey with my fandom, right? I my teenage years, especially and into college and stuff. Uh, you know, my family had two season tickets that we split at, at Heinz field with the Steelers. And I would go to a lot of games as a result. I was very fortunate and, and lucky because it was so much fun. It was such a great way to sort of like grow up and fall in love with the game of football. Right. Like that's, that's period. I can like look back at that and be like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing for a living like, period. Cause I, I just, I was always around the NFL. And so whether I was watching it or, or actually going to games, and so I, I love the Steelers growing up. I still love the Steelers, but my journey from being, you know, 20 years old at Pitt and being able to go to games at Heinz Field with my dad versus where I'm at now, I'm 33, I'm going to be 34 in February, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I see people on Twitter harass me constantly because I say something that wasn't even derogatory towards their team, and yet they take it in some sort of like insane way. I I have really, really started to hate fa- fandom to a degree. I mean, like I, I don't like despise it. Like some analysts do. I think fandom can be a positive thing because I've seen it be a positive thing and it really connects communities and stuff. But it's just, it's just really hard for me to like get really upset and really down when mm-hmm. the Steelers or a team that I like, uh, you know, doesn't do well. Right. And, and, and given yeah. what we do for a living now, like I, I just have to be a little bit less biased. And so yeah. just naturally I've just not, I've, I've appreciated the rest of the league a lot more through the years where I can sit back and say like, yeah, the Ravens are fun. I want the Ravens to win. Even though I grew up despising the Ravens, hating the, I hated Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis follows me on Twitter now. Really? Like it's, oh yeah. He followed me a while ago. No big deal. Wow, uh, but, but yeah, so like, like there's stuff like that. That's really changed for me, but I will say this. I'm, I'm, I'm prefacing that because when the Steelers played the Ravens a couple weeks ago, you remember that game where Lamar, oh, yeah. they, they went for two. When the Steelers put when the Steelers played the Ravens a couple weeks ago, I had I had like a fan moment. Like okay. when when that two point conversion failed, I actually got really excited, and it was really? kind of fun to like have that moment. Yeah, again. sure, sure. E- even though even though like when they played Minnesota, yeah, I wanted them to win. Yeah, I was getting excited about like the the comeback and stuff like that. But I I could I could not care less after mm-hmm. they lost. I just couldn't I couldn't I did not care. And I, it, but I think that that's a way healthier relationship with fandom. It's a good, uh, it's a good thing to be able to admit to yourself that you don't care instead of like feeling bad about not caring or, or trying to make yourself feel a certain way. Yeah, I, I found yeah. myself doing that with the dolphins for, for quite a few years before I finally said, okay, like I don't, I, I no longer care. I, I, I get that fandom can be good, uh, can connect families and friends and communities, but I am mostly completely repulsed by fandom and, uh, have no idea yeah. how, how anybody roots for anything. I, I can understand it. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough thing to, especially like what, when we see what we see and the things that people say to us when oh. it's we're not even like talking junk or like doing it like we're just literally like spewing data and they're like, oh, you hate my team, you hate, like no, that's that's not like yeah. you're an idiot. We're gonna kill you and no, it's like I, chill. I, I do I do hate your team, but I hate all teams. So that so it's it's yeah, right. it's equal. It's it, it cancels itself out. But I always, I also have an outlet with other sports, which is why, like, I loved the the pit football stuff this year, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I don't cover college football. It doesn't matter that I that I'm going being a rabid fan. Like, it's fun to be a, yes. a fan of these teams and stuff. And I do that with the Penguins as well. Anyway, all right, let's move on. At uh, Diddymus, my child unprompted gets on her phone and says she's busy setting her lineups. Oh. I worry that Child Protective Services may be coming after me. But my number one seed, and then in parentheses says. ATTK partner says it's just hashtag good parenting. What what does ATTK mean? Do you know what ATTK means? I'm gonna look it up. I think the Zoomers say that. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, I have no idea what it means. I'm I'm, I'm out of yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it means. Uh, <laughs> well, time, it says. What is, is it, it? A time to kill is. What's yeah, I hope I hope not. I hope that your your number one seed partner. Uh, you're not trying to kill your partner. Uh, but it says, what are some things that you catch your kids saying that are fantasy football related that they picked up from you? Do do, do your kids uh, no. say I'm tilting? My kids don't even well, know what I do for a living. Okay. Well, I, I'll say this. 
I was sitting on the couch. Just, I wasn't even like tilting. I was just watching football uh, the other day and Avery comes up and she's like, I want to watch football. Oh. And so she comes and sits up with me and said, cause she just wanted like some time with me and stuff, which was adorable. I loved it. And so she's up there sitting with me and it's usually like a mommy daughter on Sunday morning to Sunday afternoon thing. And she's sitting there watching football and out of nowhere, she just goes, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, that's funny. And I'm like, you, I like, she clearly, clearly just picked that up from me tilting, watching, watching football. That's, and that's really good. That's what she thinks. That's, that's what she thinks that I'm, I'm doing. I'm just randomly, spontaneously getting upset at watch at, at football. That, that, that's great. Oh, I, I, it reminds me when I was a kid, I, I used to, uh, emulate my dad watching football by chain smoking and drinking diet coke <laughs> uh, and, and, <laughs> which which was weird for a seven-year-old but you know whatever yeah, yeah right uh next question at cody 709 you have you have anybody that has gotten us to the playoffs what we should temper expectations with i i have i have a couple actually okay go ahead one is aaron jones yes i heard after, you talk about after, him today on your show i did yeah i mean i think that there's look I, obviously like things can change instantly with a guy like Jones because it's not like his talent disappeared right right this is all a coaching thing but you have to be concerned about the fact that AJ Dillon saw triple the amount of ground touches as Aaron Jones this past week and then people will be like oh but the game was out of hand what happens if that happens again yes like I like people need to like get that sort of like mindset and throw it out the window because at the end of the day, we're all, I don't care what he does only in neutral game scripts. I care what he does across the entire game because that's how we score fantasy points. Right? If you have to have a perfect game script for your guy to get more than five carries, then you're you might be in a, a, a difficult situation. Yeah, you could argue too that it was like a pretty fairly good game script for Aaron Jones, and it, he still only had like eight total been. touches. It yeah. should have been great. Yeah. Uh, but the other guy I talked about last week on my 15 transaction show, and this is strictly because the schedule is tough. Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. I really, I, mm-hmm. I love Michael Pittman. I, I have him in a lot of spots this year. Cause he hit a lot of the wide receiver breakout criteria that I uh, sort of laid out in the off season, but they get like new England this week. And then a couple tough matchups, I think in 16 and 17, it's just, it's not the best situation overall for Michael Pittman. I could see him having a bad fantasy playoff. By the way, why are the Colts two and a half point favorites over new England? Do I, any, I, I don't know. Is that is that baffling to you? I, I I think the the Patriots should easily be six point favorites. Easily. I don't I don't understand two two NFC two AFC teams, and they're both in the same division. I don't understand the Colts, and I don't understand the Titans. Oh, I don't I don't I, get the I, Titans I, at all. I don't understand the Titans at all. I have no idea. Like I saw that ESPN had their power rankings this week, and the Titans were seventh. They were like ahead of the Rams. Like in what world? In what on what planet? Would you rather have the Titans team versus the Rams team? Uh, uh, no, none. I mean, none, I, I don't know. I, I know that the Titans beat the Rams head to head without Derrick Henry, which is unbelievable. But I, it's I a don't. Weird game. I, yeah, I don't. I don't get that at all. I, I, I think that the the Patriots, the Patriots are going to win by two touchdowns in this game. I well, don't see, get I mean, like De- hashtag Denny's bets. <laughs> Put the mortgage on it. Uh, next question at JH Russell 94. How long would you last in cowboy times? You spawn with a revolver, 12 bullets, a pretty good horse and 24 ounces of cooked beans inside of a used boot. Yeah, I, I would, I would be dead within hours. If you put me yeah, in situation. We, yeah, we talked about this before to some degree. I mean, like both of us, like I, like if I were in back to the future three, uh, I would never be going back to the future. I mean, I would, I would be so screwed. I'd just be stuck there. I'd lose in that draw. I would be done. I, I, I would go into a saloon, bump somebody the wrong way. They would shoot at me and I would flee and then be shot in the back and I would die in the street. <laughs> that, that, that would be my, my wild West situation. <laughs> yeah. I, I could not survive the wild West. Next question at J Keen 22. You guys are annoyed by people who claim that they don't that they that they don't need sleep. What about people who complain about not getting enough sleep? Personally, I find it annoying. Really? I don't. I don't it's find that annoying. <laughs> yeah, I don't really find it annoying either. I I, I don't. I because I because to me, those people are saying to us, "I need to better my health," yeah. whereas the other people yeah. are saying to us, "I'm bragging that I have." what I think is good health that, that I, or that I don't need something essential like sleep. Yeah. It's uh, that I, I find that way different. Like, um, but if someone is, is literally saying like, 
because of my job or my kids or whatever, I can only get five or six hours of, of sleep and I would like more. That doesn't bother me at all. You know why? Because I'm in that situation. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and it also it also is you're looking at it from a perspective of either complaining because you're complaining about lack of about not getting enough sleep or you're bragging about yeah. not having to get that sleep. Right, and right. to me, the bragging and that act of bragging is much more obnoxious than complaining about something that you need. That's part of, yeah. So I I'm with you. I, I think that complaining about it is totally yeah. normal and everyone can, and it resonates and everyone can relate. Whereas the, the bragging is just a, an obnoxious thing to do. It is. Next question at tiniest banana. This is the <laughs> smallest banana. Okay. What is the most, pa- most painful elimination either from playoffs or making it to the playoffs that you've ever experienced? Do you have one off the top of your head? Yes. Yes. So uh, do you remember that, uh, that article in the, uh, that, that was written about me, uh, before the season started. Yeah. Right. And so, so there was an article written about me and the, uh, in in the article, Matt, the, the author, he decided to to ask me about my home league in the interview that he had with me. And I mentioned that in my home league, I'm cursed. I'm, I'm absolutely cursed. I haven't. I haven't won my home league, you guys, since 2009. Okay, we've been we we've been we've been playing this league since. I mean, and Denny, here's the thing: Denny can vouch. Denny plays in multiple leagues with me. I I, I am very good at redraft. Like I, I and I say that just like objectively. I'm not trying to like sit here and brag. I'm just saying like I'm good at redraft. Dynasty is uh, like I'm I'm still good, but I'm redraft is like my bread and butter, right? Like I can I can crush redraft leagues, and I crushed it this year too. And I'm in the playoffs in my home league, thank God. But we've been around since 2003 or four. my home league. I've won the championship like multiple times in high school and in college. But since college, I have not won a championship. Man, okay? that is... And so so two years ago, I it was or maybe it was three years ago, whatever Lamar Jackson's breakout season was, okay? I had Lamar Jackson that year. And my team was looking really good. I was in the playoffs and I was in the first round. I didn't get a bye. And I remember it was just like a, a bad beat to not get a bye. And in the playoffs, there was a Giants-Eagles game on Monday night. And I had Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. It was Miles Sanders' rookie year. It was when he was like really doing well towards the end of his rookie year. Yeah. I had Saquon and Miles Sanders. I needed like 18 fantasy points. Okay? The Eagles, I think it was Boston Scott who was the backup. Miles Sanders got cramps in that game. And he got taken out of the game at the goal line. Yeah. And Boston Scott or whoever it was came in and scored a touchdown for Miles Sanders. I lost because of that. And then my team the next two weeks absolutely dominated. Of course. Like just completely dominated. I would have won the championship if Miles Sanders did not get freaking cramps. I remember that because you tilted about it for 10 days afterwards. Yeah. Oh, I'm still tilting. I, I will never get, I will not get over it until I uh, win another yeah. championship. And, and the other thing too is I traded Miles Sanders and because I, I still had him as a keeper and it was my only Miles Sanders share this year and I traded him away and I traded him for guys who aren't even playing anymore because they got hurt. Yeah. And so I am so prepared for Miles Sanders to go off these next three weeks when he's not on my roster in the playoffs and I'm I'm just gonna lose because of that again. So I think uh, long time listeners will will know what I'm talking about here. Uh, my most devastating fantasy playoff moment was the Jordy drop. Um, oh yeah. Which was uh, against the Bills. Uh, the Packers against the Bills, 2013, I believe. I had Jordy Nelson on every redraft team. Was really excited to get him. He ended up as I think the wide receiver one that season. He was having, <clears throat> excuse me, he was having a really slow game against Buffalo, but he would Rogers hit him in the hands on a slant route that would have gone for I believe 85 yards for a touchdown. That would have put me over the top, not in only one league, but in two leagues. It would have won me the championship in two leagues, and I lost both games. Man, it's just I I, I hate reliving that stuff. It's just it's tough. It's it's actually tough. And I honestly I overanalyze every move I make and every trade I make in fantasy football. Like I I think about what would have happened if I didn't make that trade. If I you know everything. So. If you guys do that too, just know that you're not alone and, and someone who actually analyzes this stuff for a living does the exact same thing. Next question. Uh, this is from at FF Take Machine. 
Question for Denny only. Oh. Okay. Who won who won the ACC this year? I heard it was Wake Forest. I believe it was Clemson. Oh, Clemson won. Clemson won the ACC. Yeah, yeah, Denny, yeah. Uh, I should correct you. Um, it was actually the Pitt Panthers. It was Pitt. They won the ACC. So yeah. Pitt. So Pitt is in the ACC now, and they won it. Yeah, and now Avery uh, does the Pitt chant all the time. Oh, it's very it, adorable. What is yeah, it? Yeah. Do you want to Do you want to hear it? Do you want to yeah. hear her do it? Yeah, sure. Because I can I can make her do I've, it. I've never never heard. I don't even know if there's a Maryland chant. Honestly. Well, there's like there's a few Pitt chants. One of them. So after Pitt scores a touchdown, it usually goes P I T T. P I T T P I T T. Let's go pit, right? And so Avery now does it too. Ready? P I T T P I T T. Let's go pit. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Right. So everyone can can enjoy that adorableness uh, because pit pit is uh, the ACC champions. Next question at M G Adam A two. We, we, we should probably discuss this to maybe end the show. Okay. Uh, anything more tilting than the CBS studio guys and many others bashing Harbaugh for the analytics-based decision to go for two down nine. John Harbaugh's explanation was concise and spot on, yet they still ripped him because they're outcome-based thinkers. All caps, get smarter people on TV. Yeah, so actually my tilt montage, uh, which you hear in a moment, is entirely about this because I, I watched that in real time because I was watching the game that precede uh, I was watching the Ravens game and um and they they came on and started just going off just, just absolutely just just furious about Jim Harbaugh trying to win the game John Harbaugh trying to win the game um and uh and so that that's what my montage is. so for for my full take listen to the montage but yes obviously we need we need m- more analytics based more numbers-based people on pre-game and post-game shows. Right, because all it does then is when you go on social media and try to explain it, it's just people that are getting their biases confirmed via television, and they're going to social media, and they're just yelling at you for being completely reasonable and logical. The 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 going for too early thing, the fact that people don't can't comprehend that is shocking to me. It is. Because it's... Because it's not, it's not even like a, like I can understand the uh, going for two, uh, you know, to, to be able to win in regulation, going for two down seven uh, and to be able to win in regulation. Um, I can understand not understanding that versus uh, being down nine or sorry, down eight in that case, being down nine and going for two when you know that you have to go for two eventually. Like this is what this comes down to. You can't make the assumption that your odds are going to dramatically get better if you go for two at the end of a game. And if you miss it at the end of the game, the game's over. But if you go for two early and you miss it, you still have time to make up for that. You can still kick onside kicks and, and do that sort of thing. I wrote about this years ago when Number Fire did more of this game theory type stuff. I can't believe that people still just can't like wrap their heads around this. And I think honestly, it's because they're choosing not to. It, it's, they're, it's a they're, choice. They're, they just it's don't. Yeah, yeah. They just don't. They just don't want to understand this stuff because oh, it's analytics. You can't play. You can't play football with numbers. This, this isn't even analytics, guys. This is like straight up logic. Like this is stuff that you you would you would read in a seventh grade textbook, and it's just a critical thinking thing. Yes, that's 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 what it is. But it comes down to an acceptable way to fail and an unacceptable way to fail, and that that's right. what the Bill Cower and the CBS guys were getting at. Really, is that. Harbaugh didn't do the acceptable thing to fail. He did the the thing that we don't like that that when it fails that we call it out and say no no no, you don't you don't fail that way. You fail the other way, John. Right, right. And the crazy thing is is that Harbaugh has done these things over the last couple of years, and we've talked about it on the show before. Harbaugh had one foot out the door. He was about to get fired. I shouldn't. That's not really the phrase for that. But he was going to get fired. Remember that? Like two years oh, right yeah. before they got Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like he was going to be fired. And then he started to embrace all of this and he's made so many decisions in game that have helped the Ravens win and no one pays attention. Like remember when they went, they went for it on fourth down against Kansas city earlier this year and they won that game. Like there's, there, there are things that John Harbaugh has done uh, throughout the last few years that have been pro analytical and that have, have turned out to be great, but no one talks about that stuff because it doesn't, create this madness the way that the negative thing would create the madness that of course, it's just of course. a very frustrating thing overall it is uh, i'm gonna get one more because this one got liked by a lot of people 
This is at the hive underscore mind. You get to your, you get back to your car. Someone has parked too close to your driver's side door. Do you a shimmy B climb through passenger passenger door side C leave a note or D start James Robinson. <laughs> Never a D. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, if James Robinson doesn't do it this weekend, like, what is, yeah, like, what's going on? Yeah, it, it's the perfect spot, and uh, but you know, Urban Meyer will probably give Carlos Hyde twenty five touches. Yeah, probably. By the way, in that situation, you're definitely shimmying. Yeah, you shimmy, you shimmy, and you then shimmy. you, you get don't get in, in the passenger you, side, and, then, and you you get in the car and you curse a streak of words that has never been uttered before. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right, that's going to do it for today's show, Denny. Where can everyone find you? Uh, at CD Carter 13 on Twitter. You can subscribe to all my good tweets there, but you also get the bad tweets. And then uh, all my content is on NBCSportsEdge.com. I'm on Twitter at LateRoundQB. Uh, you can uh, listen to my other podcasts, the Late Round Podcast, anywhere podcasts can be found. Denny, did I did I mention that I got uh, not only did Pitt win the ACC championship, but I got third place in my race the other day. Yeah, that, and I am so annoyed by that. <laughs> that <that's laughs> you didn't train at all, and you got third place. Congratulations! I got third. Look, it was it was I got third place in my age group, which you know people think that I'm in my 40s. I'm not. I'm 33. Uh, third place in the 30 to 34 age group. And I, as I, I'll tell you something really quick before we go, nothing has made me feel better than the fact that I, you know, I trained a little bit, but not that much. And I'm running this, this 10 K and I'm on mile six or sorry, mile five. I'm on the final Well, after mile five. So I guess I'm on the final mile and I'm, I'm running down on this, on the road after this hill. And I see a dude on the side of the road vomiting (laughs) just profusely vomiting and he's like he's like in his mid-20s oh baby and and he's like in shape and i'm passing him and nothing made me feel better in my life yeah did you did you say get owned as you yeah yeah i actually i stopped and i put my arm around his shoulder and he thought i was gonna help him and i just said get owned get owned buddy i just kept going you're an animal but yeah, man, third place. Got an 831 pace, 831 mile pace. Man, that's that's good, man. Congratulations on just being being an athlete, really. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It felt it felt very good. It was kind of kind of, you know, I had a a rough year as a lot of people know from a health perspective. So it was a very good release for me and it was something that I just like needed, if that makes sense. Sure. To be able to just kind of go and do that. Anyway, I appreciate everyone listening. We got a tilt montage, right? Oh yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, guys and girls. We will catch you next week. It's uh, 4.28 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on this or any other planet, the Eastern time zone, and I am uh, on the death tilt. Not about, you know, players or teams or games or whatever, although things could be going better. Uh, it's over the CBS postgame show following the Browns' victory over Baltimore. John Harbaugh did that thing where he was trying to win the game. And so John Harbaugh went for two points, went for a two-point conversion after a touchdown with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it, it, it would have it cut the lead so that the Ravens uh, would then win it with a touchdown and an extra point um, if they scored again, which they did eventually. They didn't convert the two-pointer. Therefore, it was wrong to go for two points. This is how, this is how it works in NFL circles. So they cut to the CBS postgame broadcast, and the old guys are sitting there, and they're ready for, to get their pound of flesh. I mean... You could see they've been sitting there stewing like some football dudes who have been furious for, you know, 20 minutes watching the math nerds ruin their game. It's their game. And Bill Cowher says, it's paralysis by analysis. There's no need to analyze this game. It doesn't have to be that hard. That's a gem. Thank you, Bill, for that one. Uh, Phil Sims says, uh, basically, where's your, anal- where's your analytics guide now? 
he says, he calls on, quote, the analytics people, whatever that means, to, <laughs> to ask John Harbaugh why he went for two with nine minutes to go in the game. I don't know if this call will be heated, but he's, what, what, what Phil Simms is most upset about here is that when a coach is asked, why did you go for two, the coach then says, the numbers said to do that. The numbers said that was the optimal decision that maximized our expected points. You know, Phil Simms didn't say this because obviously Phil Simms is not really actually curious. This is all in bad faith. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be convinced that analytics uh, you know, gives you a, a, a way forward, you know, gives you a process uh, instead of just following your gut. You know, he doesn't really care. But if he were to care, that would be the answer. He doesn't like that answer. He wants, he, he says, and he said this on the postgame show, Phil Simms said, you know, I want a different answer. It can't just be the numbers. Give me another reason. No, Phil, 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 baby, I know you're listening. It's just the numbers. It's just the numbers. That's how it works. The numbers, the numbers don't talk. <clears throat> they don't, you know, you can ask them all the questions and they, they will not speak. But you may listen if you like, instead of listening to your gut. It's amazing. The, the reactionary, hindsight-based, results-based uh, analysis that you see on, uh, on post-game shows. And it's always, always a, a, a worse when a team actually is aggressive and actually follows you know, what maximizes their chances of winning. If, if a team kicks an extra point when they should have gone for two, you never hear about that. They're okay with that. There, there's an okay way to lose in the NFL. And then there's a not okay way to lose in the NFL. And that in itself is pretty amazing. I am tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams and